اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما كان وما and not كان it is لمؤمن for a believing man ولا and nor مؤمنة a believing woman وما كان لمؤمن ولا مؤمنة it is not for a believing man or a believing woman ما كان meaning it is not correct it is not befitting it is not allowed it is not possible for a man who believes for a woman who believes no matter who they are it just does not befit a person who has iman that idha when qada he has decreed qada yaqdi to pass a judgment to make a ruling so idha qada when he has concluded when he has judged when he has decreed who has decreed allahu allah has meaning when allah has decreed something wa rasuluhu and his messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam has also decreed something amran a matter so it is not permissible it is not correct for a believing man nor for a believing woman that when allah and his messenger have decreed something they have decided a matter on that yakuna what is not correct for a believing man or woman that yakuna lahum that there should be for them for who for the believers al khiyaratu the choice min amrihim concerning their matter meaning once allah his messenger have decided something then the believing man the believing woman they don't have any choice over there they don't have any khiyara it does not befit a person who has iman to have a choice when allah has decided about something when the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam has decided about something then the believers don't have any choice over there then what is their course of action of samirna wa ata'na like for example allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed that muslims should pray five times a day now when it comes to believers do they have a choice to pray or not pray do we have that choice no we don't because it's something that allah has decided right so a true believer a true believing man a true believing woman they don't have a choice they don't start taking matters in their own hand should i should i not no if allah has decided something then samirna wa atarna you see there's different kinds of things there's different kinds of matters okay one there are matters which are shar'i shar'i meaning they're part of the deen they have been legislated by allah by his messenger and what are they their status is of obligation they're mandatory okay like for example i gave you the example of prayer any other example you can think of okay fasting in the month of ramadan anything else when it comes to speaking the truth when it comes to fulfilling our promises right when it comes to respecting our parents ihsan with our parents is it something about which we've been given a choice no even if parents tell their child to do shirk still the child has been told to what? وَصَاحِبْهُمَا فِي الدُّنْيَا مَعْرُوفًا 
Isn't it? So it's not something about which we have a choice. If you're good to your parents, very good for you. And if you're bad to your parents, that's your choice, you know. No, we don't have that choice over there. You understand? So when it comes to such matters about which we have not been given a choice, then we don't take the control in our hands. No. What is the response of a believing man, of a believing woman? Samirna wa atarna. They don't take al-khiyara. Now what is al-khiyara? Khiyara is from the root letters khayara. Khayr means good. And khiyara basically means ikhtiyar. To have the choice. Basically to have an option. To take one, leave the other. Right? So believers, they don't go on picking and choosing. They do what they have been told. Woman and whoever. Ya'asillaha. He disobeys Allah. Wa rasulahu and his messenger. Then faqad, then certainly, dalla dalalan mubina. He has gone astray. What kind of misguidance? Misguidance that is clear, manifest, it's evident. Meaning, for this person, their goal is no longer Allah and his messenger. Because if, if their goal was really Allah and his messenger, then they would be on the path of Allah. They would be obedient to Allah. They would be obedient to the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So, what do we see in this ayah? What is the attitude of a true believer? That when the hukum of Allah comes, then the believing man, the believing woman, does not do what he or she pleases. It's no longer about personal preferences and choices. Because for a believer, his Lord is Allah and his leader is the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's not the nafs. The desire is not the Lord. The desire is not the master. The desire is not the leader. Who is the leader? Who is the Lord? Allah is the Lord. And who is the leader? It's the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And there are many times in our lives where we will come across matters about which... The command of Allah is evident. The command of the Messenger ﷺ is clear. There is no ambiguity over there. And that is where we are being tested. That what do we do? Do we prefer our own nafs, our own hawa? Or do we prefer Allah and His Messenger? The Prophet ﷺ said, وَالَّذِي نَفْسِي بِيَدِهِ لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى يَكُونَ هَوَاهُ by the one in whose hand is my soul, meaning Allah, by Allah. None of you can truly believe until his desire is under what I have brought. Meaning that the person gives preference to what I have brought instead of his own desire. So over here, what do we see? That if a person does not surrender and obey, then he is heading towards what? Towards misguidance. Because وَمَنْ يَعْصِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ ضَلَّ ضَلَالًا مُبِينًا He's heading towards misguidance. Each time he disobeys, he goes farther and farther in disobedience. And the greater the disobedience, the greater the misguidance. In Surah An-Nur, Ayah 63, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَلْيَحْذَرِ الَّذِينَ يُخَالِفُونَ عَنْ أَمْرِهِ أَن تُصِيبَهُمْ فِتْنَةٌ أَوْ يُصِيبَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ let those who descend from the Prophet's order, who go against the Prophet's instruction, let them fear, lest a fitna should strike them, or some painful punishment should hit them. Now at the beginning of Surah Al-Ahzab, we were reminded, we were told, that النَّبِيُّ أَوْلَى بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ مِنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ The Prophet ﷺ, 
he was more well wishing to the believers than the believers are to themselves. Right? We cannot want good for ourselves the way the Prophet ﷺ wanted good for us. So anything that he instructed us to do, then isn't it good for us? Isn't it? It's best for us. It's not harmful. So this is the reason why we cannot prefer our own choices, our own preferences over His commands. Because His command will always be in our favor. And our desire could very well be against ourselves, against our favor. You understand? And you see, for a person who believes, Allah is my Lord, رَضِيتُ بِاللَّهِ رَبَّا وَبِالْإِسْلَامِ دِينًا وَبِمُحَمَّدٍ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ نَبِيًّا For a person who believes in that, then, سَمِعْنَا وَأَطَعْنَا will be the only reaction. Now, there are a few incidents about which we learn that they were the context when this ayah was revealed. So there's one incident that we learn in Musnad Ahmad. And its chain of narration, its isnad is authentic. In this narration we learn that there was a companion at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, his name was Julaybib. Alright? And Julaybib, you know, he had some physical deformities, you could say. He was hunchback. And there are some other descriptions that we learn about him that are not very attractive, you could say. So, but Julaybib was a believer. And there were people who spoke badly about him, as is very common in many places that where, you know, if there's a person who's got some, you know, physical deformity or, or any kind of uh, deficiency, then people they look down on them or they keep away from them. So Julaybib was the outcast, you can say. And he was a believer. And the Prophet ﷺ loved him. And there are many narrations in which we learn about how the Prophet ﷺ, he showed his love for him. He gave importance to Julaybib. Why? Because of his iman. So what happened that there was a family of the Ansar and the Prophet ﷺ, he said to the father, زَوِّجْنِ ibnatak, Give me your daughter for marriage. Meaning, allow me to marry her. So the man, he thought, the Prophet ﷺ wants to marry her. And he was so happy. And he was like, of course, it would be an honor and a blessing. And the Prophet ﷺ said, إِنِّي لَسْتُ أُرِيدُهَا لِنَفْسِي I'm not asking her for myself. So the man said, then for who? And the Prophet ﷺ said, for Julaybi. And so the man, he said, let me consult her mother. Right? Before, what was his reaction? Of course. When the Prophet ﷺ said, I want your daughter to marry Julaybib, that Sahabi, that Ansari man, he said, let me consult her mother. So what happened? He went to the girl's mother and he told her and she was not very happy. She also initially thought the Prophet ﷺ wanted to marry her and she was overjoyed. And then when she found out that no, he actually wants her to marry Julaybib, she was not very happy. And while the mother and the father, they were having this discussion, the daughter overheard. And when she overheard the conversation, she asked her parents. She said, who is asking for my hand? And they said that it's Julaybib. And the Prophet ﷺ has made the request. He is the one who sent the proposal. But we are concerned. And so the daughter, she said, are you refusing to follow the command of the Messenger of Allah ﷺ? If he is asking, then... Do what he's saying, for I will not come to any harm. If that is the case, if the Prophet ﷺ is sending this proposal, then you know what? I trust him. Because an-nabiyyu awla bil mu'minina min anfusihim. I trust him. 
I'm not going to suffer any harm. So what happened? The father, he went to the Prophet ﷺ and he said yes on behalf of his daughter because his daughter had agreed. So what happened? The marriage took place and what happened? Eventually, Jalabib radiallahu anhu, he passed away in one of the battles. What happened was that the Prophet ﷺ, he asked the companions, go and check. Have you lost anybody? Has anyone been martyred? Has anyone been killed in this battle? So they went and they looked and they said, so and so, so and so, so and so. And he said, go and look again. Is there anybody else? They said, no, O Prophet ﷺ, there is nobody else. And Julaybib was somebody who had died over there, but they didn't even think that, you know, he had as that much worth that his death should be mentioned before the Prophet ﷺ. So the Prophet ﷺ insisted. He said, انظروا هل تفقدون من أحد? And when they came back and said, nobody, he said, لَكِنَّنِي أَفْقِدُ جُلَيْبِبًا I have lost Julaybib. I have lost Julaybib. And the Prophet ﷺ, he praised him. He stood beside him and he praised him and he made dua for him. And the Prophet ﷺ himself buried Julaybib in the grave. The Prophet ﷺ himself buried Julaybib with his own hands. In this hadith we learn that he got down in his grave, held him and placed him in his grave. And then we learn about this lady who married Julaybib that Thabit radiallahu anhu, he said there was no widow among the Ansar who was more sought after for marriage than her. Meaning once Julaybib died, her idda was over, she got so many proposals, so many. Because of her obedience to the Prophet sallam's request, look at the status that she got. And the Prophet sallam specifically prayed for her. He made dua for her that Allahumma subba alayha al-khayra sabban wa la taj'al aishaha kaddan. That, O oh Allah, pour blessings upon her and do not make her life hard. Pour blessings upon her. So this was a girl, a young woman, who married somebody who was not very physically attractive or who had many things because of which a woman has the right to say no. Of course she does. And this is why the Prophet ﷺ requested. You know, he sent a proposal. Because there is always the option of refusing a proposal. And over here, remember, it wasn't even obligatory for the family to accept the proposal. You understand? It wasn't fard. It wasn't wajib. But... What is it that made that family accept it? Because it was coming from who? From the Prophet ﷺ. Then what do you think about matters which are mandatory? What about those matters? Do we have a choice over there? No, we don't. And the thing is that when we really trust Allah, His Messenger ﷺ, then we will not suffer. When we do what we have been asked to do, we will not suffer. There's another narration about which we learn that the context for the revelation of this ayah that the Prophet ﷺ's cousin Zainab radiallahu anha she was from the Banu Khuzayma she was a Qurashi from the Banu Khuzayma and her mother was the paternal aunt of the Prophet ﷺ you understand? so her mother was who? paternal aunt of the Prophet ﷺ what happened? Zainab radiallahu anha, she was married in Mecca and uh, her marriage ended and she accepted Islam, she migrated to Medina. When she migrated to Medina, she was single. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sent a proposal 
on behalf of his adopted son Zayd bin Haritha radiallahu anhu. But Zainab radiallahu anha was not happy. Why? Because who was she? She was like a princess. You could say that. She was from the tribe of Quraysh. And who was Zayd bin Haritha radiallahu anhu? A freed slave. Right? He was a freed slave. And maybe there were differences that she couldn't accept. So she initially refused the proposal. And the Prophet ﷺ insisted. And this ayah was revealed. And Zainab anha agreed. And the marriage took place in the year fourth after Hijrah. Alright? Now, remember over here, the reason why the Prophet ﷺ insisted upon this marriage, or he encouraged it, and again over here, remember that nobody can be forced into a marriage. This was not compulsion. Alright? Because Zainab radiallahu anha is being asked. She has the right to refuse. The reason why the Prophet ﷺ, he encouraged this or he insisted that it happen, he requested again and again, was to establish a form, a level of equality. Because Zayd radiallahu anhu, what was his background? He was a slave. Zainab, who was she? She was a princess from the Quraysh. Right? But both of these people, what was common in them? What was common? It was their iman. And that is what the Prophet ﷺ was promoting over here. That view each other as who? As who? Ex-slave? As who? Believers. Give importance to others, not because their background is like yours, their ethnicity is like yours, their race is like yours, their culture is like yours, they speak the same language as you do. Give preference to them because of what reason? Because of their iman. And this is something that we also need to bring back within our Muslim societies, within our families. Many times we see that you know people are treated differently or they are looked down upon or they are not even you know given any form of importance for any kind of work why simply because of what what are the reasons it's worldly reasons isn't it so over here we see that the prophet sallallahu insisted upon this marriage to promote equality and also to promote this feeling of that we have to appreciate the iman in people and we have to look beyond just their appearance. Now what happened? Zainab anha she agreed and the marriage took place in fourth year after hijrah and the two were married for about a year. And then after a year, problems arose between them. 